United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. It's been a tragic situation to watch. The headlines out of Myanmar continue to be, as our next guest characterizes them, relentlessly tragic. Rohingya, largely women and children, pouring over the Bangladesh border following a violent and apparently indiscriminate response by security forces to an attack on border guard posts. What is at the heart of this issue and what are the possible solutions? Derek J. Mitchell, senior advisor at the United States Institute of Peace, is also a former U.S. ambassador to Myanmar or Burma. Tweeting at USIP, he joins us. Derek Mitchell, thank you for being on POTUS today. Good morning, Tim. At the heart of this is evidently a long-simmering dispute. What is the problem, uh, in a nutshell, if there is a possible way of summarizing this? Uh, it is a very complicated context, but essentially it comes down to this uh, Muslim population called the Rohingya that are concentrated in northern Rakhine State on the border between Bangladesh and Myanmar that uh, have long had tensions with their Buddhist uh, neighbors in, in this state of Rakhine. And those communal tensions, I think, boiled over um, when there was uh, uh, an incident in June of 2012. It led to uh, much more tension and violence and uh, camps for the for the Rohingya. And now this militant attack by a Rohingya group or a group on behalf of the Rohingya is uh, just uh, creating a back and forth of violence that has led to now 300,000 refugees that are crossing the border. I'm glad you corrected me because I had always heard Rohingya, so Rohingya is the better way of pronouncing it. You're the former ambassador. You know better. So now I know moving forward. I also want to bring in the uh, the name of Aung San Suu Kyi, who is the, the, the Nobel Prize winner. She was always referred to as the lady. And some people think that her response to this has been insufficient. Uh, give us a sense of where she is on this issue and how important that is. Well, she's in a very, very difficult spot. Uh, she's caught between two constituencies. One is uh, the international constituency that expects her to be this moral icon or this, this human rights icon. Uh, and she is very principled. I've had many conversations with her about this, this issue. But she's caught with a domestic constituency that views the Rohingya as alien, as illegal immigrants, as a legacy of colonialism, as actually a threat to the identity of the country. Uh, they view the Rohingya as part of this march of Islam in the region. So when there is an attack uh, on uh, the border forces and on the country, the people are overwhelmingly against the Rohingya, and it makes it very difficult for her to speak out in the way that we would like her to. So she's being very careful, and I think she's getting overly pilloried internationally for that. As you had noted, she had asked that both the term Rohingya and Bengali be avoided. That's almost impossible to do, I guess, when discussing this. Well, I think in her view, explain, describe them as Muslims from Rakhine State, because those names in particular, and it goes to a, a deep context that we don't have time to get into here, but it gets into a lot of uh, difficult context on both sides. Rohingya means separatism to one side, Bengali means they're not from Myanmar and the other. So she's saying, let's not worry about the name. Let's worry about the, the issue itself and these people's need for justice and rights and just call them Muslims. Yeah, not not to, you know, talk about it too much, but it sounds like the fight in the United States over whether you want to say radical Islamic terrorism or not. You know, it's the the words, but yeah. I guess they do matter. They do matter to some, but they can also be a distraction. Uh, if they're not helpful, then you have to be uh, careful about, about using them. If they are actually a, a, uh, uh, they, they, they cause a problem for uh, you actually addressing the underlying issue. And that's the case with the Rohingya Bengali issue. I should mention you have also spoken with Aung San Suu Kyi about this extensively, correct? 
Yeah, when um, when I was ambassador, we had extensive conversations. She understands how difficult this issue is and how difficult it was going to be for her government when they came to power to deal with it because of the intense passions inside the country against this population. So I think she wanted time and space to, to uh, deal with it. But now this militant attack, this group that has attacked on behalf of the Rohingya, has uh, there's some questions about where they're getting support and what their agenda is. It certainly has not helped for any solution. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's going to complicate matters going forward. And what is the U.S. role in this, or what should it be in your estimation? We have to be uh, partners, as the State Department discussed it. I think we have to, you know, give voice certainly for the tragedy that's that's occurring in Bangladesh to the Rohingya. We have to get humanitarian aid desperately and urgently to those people, uh, and ensure that uh, whatever uh, abuses are occurring in Northern Rakhine State are are accounted for and and cease. But then I think we have to turn to uh, assisting in the implementation of a report, a recommendation put out by a a commission that Kofi Annan had led, and that actually put out their recommendations the day before this militant attack. If we can get back to implementing those recommendations to change the situation on the ground, hopefully we can get a positive momentum uh, and change the the way this uh, this is evolving. Has this risen to the level where you think there should be a statement from the president, from the secretary of state? Have there been statements uh, that would satisfy you in terms of addressing what you just discussed? Uh, The White House did put out a statement yesterday. Uh, There have been statements uh, from the podium at at the State Department. Um, I I do think they have been careful. I think they have been uh, responsible. I think most of this is going to have to happen quietly through quiet diplomacy. It's not something you you, you talk about. Uh, too much publicly. I think there's, as I said, too much, frankly, grandstanding by some attacking Aung San Suu Kyi as if if she said something different, we can solve this very difficult, complex issue. I do believe that dealing with the immediate humanitarian challenge is important. um, And we need to give voice to the abuses that seem to be happening in Northern Rakhine State. But I think quiet diplomacy is probably the best way forward. And, and part of your point, it seems, is that there's this is much larger than any single person. That's exactly right. In fact, I mean, she doesn't have control given this, uh, the uh, constitution of Myanmar. She doesn't have authority over the military. The military's commander in chief is the is someone who is a commander in chief, and not the president, and not Aung San Suu Kyi. So what they do, she can't control. Uh, she has to manage that relationship. It's of critical importance for this very delicate transition to democracy inside the country. So that's another constituency she has to be careful about and, and therefore tread, tread very wisely. Obviously, it's a tragedy. It is one that is far away and in the midst of all of what we're seeing take place in the United States with hurricanes, et cetera. It's a little bit harder for us to focus on it. We're so glad you were able to be here today to talk a little bit more about it. Derek Mitchell, thank you for being on POTUS. Thank you, Tim. Derek J. Mitchell is senior advisor at the United States Institute of Peace. He is the former ambassador to Myanmar or Burma, discussing the situation there with the, uh, the, 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 the refugees going across the border and trying not to use the words Rohingya and, and, uh, and, and others that they're talking about here. Anyway, that's a complex situation. We wanted to make sure you were able to hear more about it. The Twitter handle, by the way, is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.